inspired by the Canadian Federation of the Blind. Outlook, a show about accessibility, advocacy, and equality. I'm Brian. And I'm Carrie. Outlook. Radio Western. Hey, hello, welcome. We're back with a brand new episode of Outlook here on Radio Western. It's been interesting lately. We've been doing some shows from the studio again, which has been nice, but this one is a pre-record recording this back on the 16th of October, 2021. How are you doing today, Carrie? I have you patched in again from Zoom. I'm here in my apartment in London. You're in Woodstock. Yeah, I've been enjoying this hybrid thing. But it is nice to have the flexibility now to do this kind of thing when it suits our guests. So Yeah, the hybrid gives us both options, and they both have different, uh, different weaknesses and, uh, and strengths. So they, they both work in their own ways. But yeah, for guests, it does help a lot to have the, the pre-records, because Monday's mornings at 11 isn't necessarily the ideal time for many people. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, this is cool. And Carrie, you've booked another couple of guests for today's show. It's a two-guest show, so very exciting for this one. I did, and uh, I, I never really imagined that we'd have these two on together until recently, and they found each other, but we've, I've known both of them for a while, and uh, now they know each other, so that's exciting. So today on Outlook, we have Maxwell Ivy, and we have Emily Trepanier. Thanks for coming on, um, Max and Emily. Thanks for having us. Yeah, so Emily was actually on our show once before, just over two years ago, back on <laughs> September the 2nd, 2019, and that's when we were all in the studio. Emily, I'm sure you yes. remember that. Um, I do remember that. So we had her on, and that was a lot of fun. That was actually our first ever hour-long episode. So it's interesting because now yeah. all of our episodes are an hour. So you were our first hour episode, Emily. So uh, there you go. Guinea pig. Yes. <laughs> And we're doing that full-time now, so that's a good sign. That is a good sign. We talked a lot on that episode about meeting you back in 1994 at Lake Joseph, the camp here in Ontario, Canada, um, for blind children and adults. And we talked like a lot about your blindness and schooling and your love for working with kids and guide dogs and all sorts of stuff. But today we're going to switch it up a bit, Carrie, and uh, we have some other things to talk about. But um, we will link that episode in the notes for this this podcast so people can go check that out if they want a little bit more background on emily trepanier yeah and we wanted we wanted to talk to you since then emily now that you've made it you made a big move i did i did indeed i'm no longer in ontario i'm in british columbia yeah so on that episode i think it was like the last 15 minutes or so you said We'll see. Maybe I'll move out west because we started talking about <laughs> all the connections you had out there and, and just that there weren't really any blind people, as far as I'm aware, here in Ontario, or at least not many at all, that were into adaptive yeah. para snowboarding like you were. So yeah. you said you knew of some more people yep. out west. And maybe talk a little bit about that. I don't know when. So September of 2019, you were definitely thinking about it. You kind of moved out soon yeah, after that, I was right? Definitely- I was definitely thinking about it in September 19th. It was something that was like going like through my mind and everything. And I was still like very much exploring the possibility of moving out West. Um, and then um, 
I ended up applying for a full-time position at West here with one of the school boards. And after two interviews, they actually offered me a full-time permanent position with the school board. So I was like, well, meant to be. So um, made the big move through a pandemic and happily now living out in British Columbia for a little over a year now. So, and yeah, so far it's been really amazing living out here and just like building a bunch of connections and like helping the sport continue to grow and exciting things are happening. So, Wow. Yeah. Moving in the the middle of the pandemic sort of vaccines (laughs) weren't even. Yeah. The vaccine wasn't even out yet when I moved. So Mm -hmm. it was, it was a really big move, but I'm really happy that I did it. it's gone very well. So, so what about what area kind of are you in? Um, so I'm in Vancouver, British Columbia. Um, nice. so right in the middle of like where the sky train is literally like five minutes away. And then, um, it's super easy to get both to the mountains and to the ocean. So that's really good because I spend a lot of time on the mountain and the ocean, um, with training and soon to be racing again, which is very exciting. And then it's like, super easy to get to work as well it's just a quick little bus ride and a short little walk so very close to everything that I need so and your guide dog darling made the trip with you out there she did yes and she loves it out here um yeah she's loving it out here um she doesn't really have to wear boots anymore in the winter time because um the sidewalks don't really get like icy like they do in Ontario so she's happy about that um, whenever we go up to the mountains though, I still get her, I still bring her boots just in case, but, um, and we wear them if it's like really cold up there, I'll put her boots on for a little while just so it's easier on her paws and stuff. But yeah, she's loving it out here. Um, I've discovered she's a dog diving dog. <laughs> oh. um, so she loves it. Um, she loves the ocean. Whenever we go to the ocean, she gets so excited and just wants to swim and be in the water and like sniff everything so yeah all right well she may make an appearance on this show yet we'll see it's very possible (laughs) (laughs) she's calm right now so we'll see (laughs) yeah she is pretty calm so far so just for our listeners to know that emily is an alpine blind adaptive para snowboarder with a goal to compete at the winter paralympics and uh yeah so Carrie, it's pretty amazing how. So maybe we'll move on to Max here briefly. Um, mm-hmm. And how did you and how did you meet Max originally, Carrie? And then we want to talk too about how Max and Emily connected because it is interesting. Two people yeah. that that I knew of and Carrie knew. Well, I knew Emily, but I didn't know Max. Um, but the fact that we knew these two people and then they they connected just it seems so out of the blue. So uh, yeah, that's you, what I thought when I saw that. I was like, whoa, how did that happen? So that's why I wanted to talk to you guys. Um, yeah, Max, I met you, Max, about seven years ago now online. Uh, at the time, I knew you as uh, you were selling uh, amusement rides for your, with your f- uh, family business. Is that correct? You're in Texas, right? Yeah, I'm in Texas, and I was and still am helping people sell used amusement equipment. It's just not the main thing that I do anymore like it was when we first met. Mm-hmm. Uh, I th- think that that was really the beginning of my transition into being more of an author and a blogger and a speaker as opposed to a broker and i think our friendship really cemented itself when we both went off on our 
on our separate trips that that your family took much better than mine did. Uh, at the time I was going off to New York City from Houston by train, you were going off to Monterey, Mexico, uh, a place where you know you really only knew one person, and I don't think you spoke Spanish at that time. So I think we really got to know each other much better during that three or four month period in the beginning in the middle of 2016. Yeah. And we've been we've been really good friends ever since then. And of course uh, we got to meet each other in person in 2000 and was it Yeah, I think 19, it's like almost 19. It's almost exactly 2 years ago right now, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. because we we both attended the disability insights thing put on by Amy Bobert in Pennsylvania in 2019. Mm-hmm. And I not only got to meet Carrie in person, but I got to spend time with your mom, your mom, and your dad. That was a very cool weekend yeah, they, that, or week that they still talk about it quite a bit. I think they had a great time meeting you, Max. And uh, yeah, it's a, one of those things I kind of wish I could have been there because it would have been interesting. But I definitely had some other things going on then. I think, but um, yeah, just and I let me just let me guess. You guys met originally through Facebook. Is that correct? Yeah. Um. Uh, well, no? could have been LinkedIn. Could have been LinkedIn. Uh, no, wait a minute. I think you are right, Carrie. We met oh. through the uh, bloggers helping bloggers group on LinkedIn. Didn't oh, we? nice LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even. I didn't. I didn't know you'd use LinkedIn that much, Carrie. That's really cool. You made the connection there. Right at the at that time, I discovered LinkedIn, and I was kind of like to my boyfriend at the time who did use it. Uh, I was like, "What is LinkedIn even for?" Uh, but then I started <laughs> finding that there were groups for blogging and writing, and I just started my blog in 2014. And uh, yeah, I just found Max there, and so. Oh, another blind person here, and he sells amusement park rides. Wow, that's something I don't hear every day. Yeah, so yeah, really, it's still definitely... something people don't hear every day. Yeah, um, <laughs> which is why I keep doing it. It's why I continue to keep the website going because even though I don't sell a lot of stuff on it as as, as much as I used to, it's part of my my origin story. So I want people to still be able to see that it's it's out there, and you know. I'm no longer a carnival owner and I'm not a full-time broker anymore, but it's, you know, I still, I, I can still speak the words and still have lots of connections in that industry. And, and a few of them support me with the work I'm doing now. Although, uh, the amusement industry is not the greatest place for people to share their emotions or their, their deep thoughts, their, mm-hmm. It's really in that community is really kind of closed off and very ter- territorial of information. So uh, I'm very happy to have the other platform, the Blind Blogger and the What's Your Excuse podcast, where I can say pretty much whatever I want to and don't have to worry about somebody going, Max, why did you put that out there? We don't want people knowing that, you know? <laughs> right. Well, you branched out. That's good. Yes. Yeah, I branched out, not intentionally, but it seems to be working fairly well. And, uh, but yeah, we met Carrie through LinkedIn and then we met in person. And, you know, I've been noticing that Carrie, you know, you have been branching out. You've been doing more blogging and more writing in the, in advocacy vein than you used to. I used to notice more of your fiction and your prose, but here lately I'm noticing more and more of your, of your writing and your, your podcasting on issues that directly affect uh, people with vision loss and, and how the people in the world uh, see us and treat us. So, yeah, yeah, I, you know, I didn't, I wasn't so much into advocacy in my twenties. It was more in my thirties that sort of kicked in. So 
these are this is how our lives evolve, I guess. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, I haven't given up writing in, in any um, form that I used to do it. Just um, I will return to it again because advocacy, as we've said recently, can get fatiguing. So, absolutely, yes, it can. It can. Yeah. So we will be talking definitely a lot more here today about the What's Your Excuse Network. You can find that at wyexcuse.com. So that stands for What's Your Excuse. And we will be getting into that, but can we talk now a little bit about Max and Emily? Maybe, Emily, do you want to start or whoever wants to based on how that happened? But how did you two connect? And then that resulted in Emily's new podcast, which we're going to be talking about, which is part of the What's Your Excuse Network and is called Shredding for Gold. Right. I think I would would rather let Emily take the lead here because <laughs> some of the details in my mind are a bit fuzzy and yeah. she seems to have a better handle for details than I do. <laughs> All right, take it, Emily. Thanks, Max. Um, so how Max and I met, well, we had both applied for the Holman Prize. And if memory serves me right, we both got in as semifinalists. So mm-hmm. to apply for the Holman Prize, for those who don't know, we have to make like a 90-second pitch video and put it up on, it was put up on YouTube. Um, just like explaining the project that we wanted to get funded through the Holman Prize. So um, we both made it a semifinalist, Max and I, and unfortunately both of us didn't win the Holman Prize. Um, But um, Max, so our pitch videos were up on YouTube and Max saw my video, I think, how that worked. And then some, I, I ended up reaching out to him or he ended up reaching out to me and we just started talking about our both of our pitches and um we ended up doing a zoom call to like talk further and just to like get to know each other a little bit more and then he was telling me about um how he wanted to make a podcasting network um for people with disabilities and he thought that would be a really good idea to help with what I'm doing so um, that's kind of how we met and uh it's been really it's been awesome working with max um we're learning lots together um we're uh, we're both learning lots and it's been really super fun to get to know him and super happy that i know max and max knows me so i just remember reading one of her posts on facebook promoting her pitch and yeah. from the very oh, first yeah. time i saw that i'm thinking wow um there's actually, you know, a blind snowboarder and it's a competitive snowboarding. And that was before I even got to talk to her and learn more about just how crazy the sport she competes in <laughs> is. Uh, and I think if more people knew just exactly how dangerous it is, what she's doing, that I that it, there would be even more people supporting her goal to get it added to the Paralympics so she can be the first gold medalist in the event. And so... But I remember thinking, you know, that's amazing. I need to, I need to get to know this person, uh, not anticipating that <clears throat> she would want to be part of the network, but just thinking that it'd be cool to get to know her. And then as we talked on Zoom, it, it came out that having a podcast could be helpful to growing mm-hmm. the, uh, the awareness of the sport and maybe help her get the attention of the P- International Paralympic Committee so that they would decide to add the blind snowboarding to their next Winter Olympics. Wow. Yeah. 
<laughs> so, so you guys both pitched what you said is what you called the Holman Prize. So that's that's a prize. Uh, it's named after. I believe his name is James Holman. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Actually, and it's, it's run for the and it's run for the Lighthouse for the Blind in San Francisco, oh. California. Okay. Yeah. I've yeah. done some, I've read a sum up of, about it uh, and I've considered um, pitching one of these years. Um, how many times have you submitted to that, to that um, prize, Max? I have one? submitted every year since it started. So this was my fourth year. Wow. And I had to be talked into it by some of my friends online because after my previous experiences, I was just like, I'm through with these people. And because the, uh, Emily did mention the process, and of course, you do record a pitch video, and then they put, they'll select semifinalists. Well, they they usually take about thirty five or forty semifinalists, and I remember thinking, you know, three years in a row, they take forty people, and none of my ideas managed to be one of those forty. So I kind of felt like I was wasting my time. Uh, but some friends talked me into it. I decided to pitch the idea of the podcasting network. I did make it to the semifinals for the first time. Hmm. Uh, then, you know, they ask you to submit financial data or projections and a more yeah. detailed idea of what you're going to plan to do, and they evaluate them. And, of course, neither one of us were accepted to the, to the final 10, and obviously not until the, to the final <laughs> three that actually got funded. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it was it was interesting, and the thing that I took away from this year was, whenever possible, I contacted other other people through their YouTube videos, just mm -hmm. to just to make connections. And uh, of course, I connected with Emily after that when she was posting on Facebook. But I also connected with an artist from from Africa, yeah. who does uh, teaches teaches blind people to do their own tactile art, which I thought was really cool. So even though we're both, I, I hate to say we're both losers. Neither one of us was, <laughs> was selected. It's actually working out pretty good for us. And I'm looking forward to the time when I can tell people, yeah, we've got a really cool network and here's yeah. what our hosts are doing. Oh, by the way, we weren't good enough for Holman. <laughs> kind of like when I sing, when, uh, I hope people will come up and, and tell me how good that I was because then I can tell them, yeah, I'm, I'm really good, but apparently I wasn't good enough for the voice. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah, I'm not even no, sure if I'd, I don't know if I'd heard of the, the Holman Prize, but Carrie, I, I know you had through just all the reading and stuff that you do. Um, but who was James Holman again, Carrie? I feel like I should know this, but. He was a blind man from the turn of the century, from the early 1900s. And one of the things he did before all this wonderful technology we have today is he circumnavigated the earth by himself in a, in a sailboat. Right. Did he? I, I'm reading that somewhere. I just read that he was, yeah, a traveler and um, he was wanted to, you know, write about it and things. And a lot of people didn't take him seriously because he was blind. He traveled the world before the really the invention of the white cane. This was back in like 18. 30, I don't know, early 18, whatever. Uh, he traveled with, uh, like, I think he just used a giant, a long wooden stick or something. Like the, the, the ways blind Ooh. people used to get around with it before white canes and guide dogs. Um, and so, yeah, he was very adventurous. And I guess they decided to base um, this this award. And you know, you know what this award reminds me of? It's kind of like the blind community's version of, I guess, like Dragon's Den or Shark Tank. That's like, what I kind of thought of it as was kind of like Dragon's Den or Shark Den, sort of like it kind of like reminded me of that. 
yeah. know, pitch your ideas, whether it's a product yeah. that can help or whether it's a, an idea and, or, a, or a, yeah. you know. And all of those things are such a, they are a process and it is hard to get in like Max is explaining there. But such a process. They, they oh do goodness. provide you with the, with the networking opportunities, though, at least. So that is yeah. something that you get from it. And, and it is also mm-hmm. just interesting about James Holman that I wonder how many blind people actually know that name. And again, that just sort of another example they, of they don't the history no, of don't. blindness just isn't talked about enough. And that's that's a whole other thing. But yeah, it's just interesting. And I think that's yeah, really cool that, that, that comes up. Yeah, the history of blindness is a whole other thing, uh, especially as I am not somebody who really gets into politics much. But we have places in the U.S. now where because of the crowded curriculum, they're actually removing people like Helen Keller from the the course of study for uh, students in junior high school or high school. I heard that. Yeah. Oh. Yep. That's why we have to talk about it because it's not really going to make the history books in any real way um, other than, you know, modern times and Stevie wonder and things that we know about, but, but wow, what a, what a great way for you guys to have met. And yeah, yeah you're both winner. You're both winners then in that way. <laughs> totally. And I think we're going, I think we're already having more fun than we would have if we had gotten their money. And I'm certain we, we will be so having more fun going forward than if yes. we had got their money. Definitely. I totally agree. So what was, your, what was your pitch kind of along the lines, Emily? What were you thinking they could help you with? I actually wanted to make a network for Paris snowboarding. Um, specifically for my category, but I was willing to branch out a bit to like help build the network. But my main focus was going to be like building my particular classification, but also giving like information and like, uh, like information on the sport to make it more clear. Cause I was finding when like, when I first started out, it took a long time to find the like information and like resources and stuff. And it, doesn't seem to be like all in one spot it seems to be like in various different spots so my plan was to like make a network for Paris snowboarding to hopefully help keep things a little bit more like in one area and then just like using that network to like network with other snowboarders across Canada and eventually across the world as well as I would continue to like discover the different snowboarders that are out there because there's a bunch out there but they just haven't been discovered yet so well hmm, that's interesting yeah. and so the, so just to clarify then the, the snowboarding it was just put into team canada back in 2014 i believe is that correct paris snowboarding made its de- debut in the paralympics in the 2014 winter paralympics but at that time there was only a few categories in that in the sport and it's slowly developing over time now so okay so it's still it's still it is part of the paralympics this this sport right now then Paris snowboarding yes my classification is still being developed but i've gotten some insider exciting news that's i can't really share yet because it's still in the works Ooh. but um exciting things are happening for the sport so that's all i can say at the moment i wish i could say more but i've been i can't say much else but exciting things are coming not even an that's exclusive right. for our podcast but no i'm just kidding it's uh i'm sorry you, you gotta be I responsible yeah you don't want to ruin the ear i have to be responsible and i have to make sure that uh like things go the way that they're saying they're gonna go so but it's yeah. exciting so i'm just curious <laughs> yeah. too i don't 
I like Carrie and you can relate and we'll get into this a little bit as well is that neither of us are big into sports and it's something in some ways we do regret from growing up that we maybe didn't pursue that as, as much um, and there might be there's various reasons for that maybe and sometimes it's also just the fact not everyone is into that type of stuff but other times it's maybe you just didn't have the right opportunities but I was just curious so what do you when you say your category so is, is that alpine um para snowboarding is that like I don't I'm just curious kind of the difference between that and what other snowboarding um, is part of the the Paralympics already so they so they for para snowboarding um so you know for like any sport they have like different classifications for any sport so they have like the lower limbs they have one limb they have the visually impaired category um they have like those different classifications so they're there's a few classifications already in first para snowboarding that have already made it into the Paralympics. And my classification, which is technically called, well, it's technically being called uh, visually impaired para snowboarding is, I think that's what they're saying it's called at this point. They, they're constantly sort of, sort of rearranging the wording a little bit, but basically for our purposes today, we'll just call it visually impaired snowboarding but um i've heard it called adaptive snowboarding and i've heard it called para snowboarding as well but my technical classification would be in the visually impaired snowboarding so um they already have a few of the classifications in so they have like the lower limb and the one limb classification in and i think they actually have an upper limb classification in para snowboarding as of the last winter paralympics i think they added it in um but yeah okay um, yeah that, that clears it yeah. up a lot. Yeah. So it's showing that yeah, other, so other disabilities do are in the Paralympics yeah. for snowboarding already, but they're just kind of waiting yeah. for your category, the visually yeah, impaired. Yeah, they're just, yeah. I still find it confusing or, or <laughs> let's just say it. I find it, uh, I find it stupid that they would add a new sport and not just include all the disabilities at one right? time. It just mm-hmm. makes that, no sense That would me. make more sense, right? But Yeah, because not- I remember... <laughs> When you were on last time, you were talking about that it was a new sport for Team Canada and that you were on the top of the list, but that it just wasn't, you weren't yeah. able to get in yet. And I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm still on the top of the list. So right. it's like, I'm basically the one that they'd be calling one. <laughs> basically, you are the list. <laughs> basically on the top. So <laughs> if they're going to be calling people, I'm going to be like the first one they'll be calling. So <laughs> well, just remember well to live stream it when it happens. I will. I will. I'm actually working on getting a small mini recorder, Max. So. And, and I'm guessing if you wanted to make a, have an exclusive moment with some of this news, um, Emily, you would probably want it on your own podcast, not ours. It's totally yeah. understandable. Yeah. And we're going to get to your show. We're going to get to your show here in the second half. Yeah, in no the second worries. half, we'll get more in depth in the, into the <laughs> What's Your Excuse Network and Emily's yeah. podcast. Shredding yeah. for gold. Yes, shredding for gold. I guess we'll take a break right now then, and then we will be back here on Outlook on Radio Western. Today we're speaking with Emily Trepanier, future Paralympian, and Maxwell (laughs) Ivy, who is also known as the Blind Blogger and is the founder of the What's Your Excuse podcast network, and we'll get into that and more in the second half of Outlook here on Radio Western or as a podcast. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Outlook on Radio Western or as a podcast, 94.9 Radio Western. And we were, before the break, talking with Maxwell Ivey and Emily Trepanier. Uh, Max is in Texas and Emily is in British Columbia. 
And we were talking about how they met and what they are doing together. Um, so Max, you were telling us a bit about it, but maybe before we talk about Emily's show, um, tell us about the What's Your Excuse Network and how that sort of came to be and what it is now. Right. Well, I mentioned earlier that I wasn't sure about pitching Holman one more time. And when I decided I was going to, I asked some of my friends where, where they thought I should go with this year's pitch. And one really good friend of mine, uh, a friend of mine named Alex Sanfilippo of Creating a Brand, he said, you know, Max, you've been a podcast host, you've booked people on podcasts, you've been interviewed on podcasts, uh, you have a large social media following, and you have this just, you're always going to find a way attitude. And he said that if we put all of that together, then I would be the perfect person to start this network and help other people with disabilities either launch a brand new show or help them grow the audience of their existing shows so they could monetize and become more sustainable. So that's where the whole idea came from. And as I've gone along, I've noticed that people are really excited about the idea. I would say the sighted people in my community even more so than the blind people that I know and it's kind of built up a little bit of momentum. And I'm really starting to have, have a feeling of fun and excitement about it. Uh, now, Carrie, as, as you know, I like a challenge anyway, uh, something that requires me to figure things out and involves my curiosity is very helpful to me. So, you know, this idea of starting the network, it's been fun. And so the, the goal in my opinion, I think there's three things that can come from this network for other podcasts or potential aspiring hosts. And that is, uh, it could give some people a purpose, a reason to get out of bed in the morning, something other than just, you know, crossing another day off on their calendar. Second, I believe that we can teach people some marketable employment skills because there are a lot of companies nowadays that realize the value of employees who have a platform or who can create a platform for their employers. And then third, I feel like there are going to be some of these hosts that will turn their podcast into a business. And uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing where we go with the podcast. And the other thing about this network is, is as both of y'all know, it's very difficult when you're just a solo host or blogger or author. It's difficult to come to the attention of people with audiences or to the attention of people with money who can invest or sponsor you. Mm -hmm. So I feel like if we have a community of new hosts, people like Emily, who I helped launch a show, or existing hosts, people that have podcasts that are willing to syndicate their podcast on the platform, that we can then encourage and support each other emotionally. We can promote each other's shows. We can help build the audiences. And then I can go to the sponsors as the founder and I can go, hey, We've got 12 shows or 20 shows or 50 shows or whatever it is. And here are our monthly statistics for total downloads. And here's our demographics. And as a result, take all that information and get in front of some sponsors for some real money so that people that are doing this can go from just being happy that they're on the air and paying the bills to you know, bringing in some income back for all that time and effort. Yeah, I think that's a really a really neat idea because I've like we just made this show Outlook a podcast, I think, just just over a year ago now. So, not too long ago, and I don't know a ton about podcasting and stats and how all this stuff works, so I'm kind of just learning as I go, but I did he I've have heard of 
Earwolf is one I know of that's a comedy network for podcasts. So I've, I've heard about these network things, and it is an interesting approach to give people sort of a, a group to work together with other podcasts and also sort of be hosted under the same uh, network. And I think your idea of having this community of podcasters who happen to have a disability or whose shows draw attention to support people with disabilities in the disability community. I do think it is a really, uh, really neat idea. And I, uh, I, I definitely wish you the best on it because I think it's a, it's needed for sure. Yeah, yeah it so is needed. What's your excuse, right? So that's like, <laughs> where did that come from? Yeah, so the title, yeah, for our listeners again, What's Your Excuse Network, which you can find at wyexcuse.com. Right. And the whole What's Your Excuse thing comes from several years ago when me and Carrie were blogging and uh, there were very few people who were well known on the internet as being blind and also, also having a blog or a podcast. So, as all of us know, quite often, when I do something around sighted people who don't have a lot of experience with people with vision loss, they are much more impressed with what I'm doing than maybe they should be. I'm okay. honest enough to, to, with myself to admit that that could be possible. So yeah. whenever I would post online, there would usually be a couple people who would reply to my blog article, you know, Max, if you can do this, then what's my excuse? And it stuck. So when I started the podcast four years ago, I tried really hard to pick a different name. And the problem was my followers online just weren't having it. They were like, Max, <laughs> this, is, this is who you are. This is how we see you. And really, you would be making a mistake. So I did what I tell people whenever I'm asked about branding. I tell them, look, whether you create the name or somebody else offers it to you, if somebody comes along and gives you a really good name, the best thing to do is just to say thank you and do the work. So I basically said thank you and started doing the work. So the podcast was out as What's Your Excuse show. And when I was ready to start the network, I thought, well, we'll just go ahead and call it What's Your Excuse. But we went with the W-Y-E excuse because, quite frankly, anything with What's Your Excuse in it in its full spelling is taken. Right. And the people who own those those uh those that real estate they want crazy money for it so the only regret i have about this whole what's your excuse thing is that i didn't buy the domain name five years ago when i probably could have got it for twelve dollars a year that's always the issue these you know people buy these domains up and then they sell them for way expensive and oftentimes they're just sitting there not even really being used and all that fun stuff but naming is one of those things carrie that we we both know and we had a friend of ours actually pick the name outlook for our podcast and Naming is something I've always struggled with, and I think this could tie nicely into Emily and <laughs> and shredding for gold. <laughs> and uh, how, that was a how did that name come up? My, oh my god, it took forever. Mm. <laughs> it took yeah. months to figure it out. I was like asking friends, families for like different names that I could call my podcast. So I had a, like a growing list on my phone, and every time that I heard a new name, I was like, okay, I've got to put it on my phone add it to the list and oh my god it took forever to figure out the name for the podcast but ultimately i came up with um the end result being shredding for gold so and i'm really happy with that one actually so um it ties actually really nicely into snowboarding because um when i was doing my research to figure out names for the podcast i came across the definition of shredding for gold 
which happens to be, hold on, I had it saved. Um, and the definition so, for shredding, correct? For shredding, yes. Uh, so the definition for shredding, it's a snowboarding term, and it also happens to be a skateboarding and a surfing term. And it's to do snowboarding to your fullest potential on difficult or challenging terrain. So I was like, perfect. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I mean, I've as a guitarist, yeah. I've heard that term a lot for guitar playing. They'll say yeah. that guitarists yeah, are shredding a, when they're... There's a, yeah, there's a term for that in this for guitar as well. Yeah, so right, it's but like, it does it's, have a specific... It's a, it's a term out there, so yeah. for various different things, especially like snowboarding, so... Right. No, I think that's an awesome name. I, I really think that was Yeah, great. I like it. Yeah, I like it. It took forever to figure out, but I'm happy with the end result, so... Yeah, it makes you sound really badass, actually. <laughs> which you are. Which you are. Um, let's, nice. let's clean that up. It makes you sound as much of a badass as you are. Yes. <laughs> I like it. I like it's it. Very, yeah. It's very reflective of what you're doing, as Max said, that, yeah, I mean... I don't even understand snowboarding. I'm like I say, I've never, I've never even gone skiing, and I, I, I really oh, like to try sometime. That's something that touches back Carrie to earlier. We were talking about sports, and that we just, I mean, part of it might have been the, the being integrated into the public school because it wasn't as sort of accommodated for, especially in the later grades. But I also didn't push it because I was pretty into music and kind of focused on that. But I think I talked yeah. last time Emily was on. I went skiing once, I think, in grade six, that's and right. I was, I was just on that the the small hill or whatever and i forget what that thing was called that pulled me up but i've never been on a chairlift um i was hearing about that actually on was it a t-bar was it a t-bar that sounds like it could have been right i mean this was those 20... things are dangerous was a... this was 20 <laughs> years ago so i don't know what it was but i was able to get it was up probably t- a t-bar because now they have magic carpets which are much better than t-bars t-bars are evil yeah i don't <laughs> I don't think it was a magic carpet. I think that would stick out in my mind if I'd been on, on a yeah, magic carpet. Yeah, it would have been a T-bar then. But I yeah. heard I heard um, you talking about the the chairlift on a recent recent episode with uh, with one of your coaches <laughs> there, and and that it is yeah. quite quite a challenge with the chairlift. And I think the person that um, he was referring to was someone who was um, had trouble moving on one of their sides, so it made it a little bit yeah. even more difficult. It took them. They... Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So that's yep. that's all just interesting. And like you said, Carrie, I don't. I don't really know. Aside from that one experience, I don't know anything about snowboarding or skiing. So it's one of these things we want to cover more on Outlook is sports. And neither of us yeah. are the big sporty people. So we got to get more, more talk here. So this is great. We had one episode talking about um, blind hockey. So that's a whole oh, other yeah. thing. I think I remember listening to that episode. That yeah, I, think those, I think those blind hockey guys are just nuts. But that's just me. <laughs> I can't even uh, skate. I was, so I'm out. Yeah, but I was. I can't I was, really skate either, which is really funny because I can snowboard really good. But so you'd think I'd be able to like skate. That's right? interesting. Nope. I was I was thinking that earlier actually, Emily, because I've always been I've tried skating a couple times and I've been fascinated with the idea. But I was wondering earlier. I don't know how it came across, but I was thinking like, does Emily skate? Because I know you s- snow no, or ski, snowboard and ski skate. and paddleboard. In I the cannot summer. skate. I wonder the that life too, of right? me. That's so weird. You'd think I'd be a really good skater, but no, I like. As soon as I get on the ice, I like face <laughs> flat on the ice. So, so you're, you're, the name you're known by on the hill and things, starfish. That would be a definite. If that you would be escape. a definite starfish. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it's fun. It's it maybe more fun to land in a snowdrift, possibly, than it is to land. Yeah, on the hard softer ice. too. Snow yeah. is definitely softer than ice. Yeah. What about? What I've about fallen you? on both. What about you, Max? Where you live there? Have you ever gone skiing or snowboarding? 
Uh, I went uh, skiing in Colorado once as part of the Delta Gamma Foundation's trips. And uh, I went ice skating in New York City once. But I'm not really an athletic type person. But as as you were talking about that, I was thinking that it seems to me that, uh, especially with visually impaired people, uh, we are more involved in sports when educated through like schools for the blind and institutions like those. Mm-hmm. than we are when we're when we're in mainstream because in mainstream schools sports usually comes down to a, a competitive situation and if you're if you're not if you're not talented or really good enough to you know to make it at whatever level of sport is available then you're probably not going to participate much just some thoughts yeah i did i did a lot of keeping score in the gym for volleyball and things like grade seven and eight i skipped gym class and played on the internet oh no oh no (laughs) so that was my experience and then in high school i didn't take phys ed at all so yeah yeah i was exempt most of the time from gym in elementary school but i did end up being on the basketball team for one year so that was fun and you emily um so shredding for gold i've listened you're i think you're five episodes in now yeah yep you just won episode five yeah so i've listened to a few of the episodes with a few of your coaches from the past and you talk a lot about some of this some of this stuff but yeah so you've had um a few of your coaches as i say you've had uh so you had an old friend on uh who i, I guess did. i didn't i didn't know this but she got you into snowboard skiing and snowboarding. She did. yes she did um so i had when i was going to school in Brantford at the w ross mcdonald school um, my second year is when she arrived at the school and she had actually been snowboarding since she was four years old with a program in Kitchener. So um, they invited me out one year, uh, one night to check out the program. So I was interested in it and I fell in love with it. So was a skier and then switched over to snowboarding. Hmm. Yeah. And maybe just yeah, briefly, but yeah, she, don't have to go into too much detail, but like what? Yeah. So why, what was the choice from, to move from skiing to snowboarding and kind of just a, I mean, I know the idea differently that it's a board, not skis, but what are, what is, yeah. is snowboarding in a sense? And how does that compare to skiing? Just sort of a brief explanation. Um, so I switched to, from snow, from skiing to snowboarding because my actual guide for skiing ended up getting injured. So they were like, well, do you want to try out snowboarding? Cause my best friends had two guides at the time so one of them just was like we can teach you how to snowboard i'm like yeah sure why not there you go (laughs) what could possibly happen right and then so that's how i made the switch and then so like basically the difference between skiing and snowboarding i would say in skiing you have two boards so you're on two feet and your like feet are separated so you can move around your feet whereas on snowboarding it's uh two feet on one board so you're you can't really move around your, like, you can't move around your feet freely. It's kind of like on your feet are on the board. And so they move around on the board, but you can't like, say if you're a skier, you can move your feet around a lot more versus if you're a snowboarder, you're just moving from like one edge to the other edge. And so that's kind of like the difference between that. So like the balancing for skiing and snowboarding is obviously different because because of how you're moving on like the the snow and stuff and between the two boards versus the one board so that's always that's always a bit of like a, a transition period to like 
figure out the balancing. I can remember it took about two years for me to figure out like the balancing. And before then I was like falling almost every five seconds when I was snowboarding. Cause like mm-hmm. I was so used to like balancing on skis and then was trying to learn how to balance on, uh, on a snowboard. So, uh, but once I figured out the balancing, it was like, it was all downhill from there. I've gotten like so good with the balancing. And Literally. Stuff, so. There you go. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. All down there, down here from there in well, a good way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Downhill is usually yeah. a, well, it can be a good thing, but it's often not a good That's thing. That's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It is if you're, if you're, if, if you're, you're skiing, skiing or, or snowboarding. Doing snowboarding. Skiing or snowboarding, yes. Yes. Yeah. The, yeah. The thing I, the thing I think about when I'm thinking about snowboarding versus skiing with what little experience I have with either one is that with a, with her and her snowboarding, she's depending on somebody on the other end of a radio calling out directions to her as she's going downhill at speed yeah yeah because obviously i can't be going down the hill so it's all up to my guys to be like where we're going and well if they give me the wrong direction well it's either running into something or falling off of something so it's all it's a huge trust thing between myself and my guys and coaches so yeah that's definitely a huge blind blind skiers they they do you do a thing called tether like are you tethered to a guide is that how you ski with snowboarding though is that still the case or no no Uh, that's what i'm saying that's a difference um with skiing i was tethered for a little while with skiing um we tried tethering with snowboarding um the plan was to do it for the first few sessions with snowboarding but that was abandoned after an hour of trying it (laughs) because it was just going to be more dangerous than what it was so um no tethering for snowboarding for me because it was either we were going to be tethered and I was going to keep running over the tether or like running into my guide or um but so because we didn't do tethering with snowboarding we did what's called dancing so they would like they would um either ride on their snowboard like the opposite way that I would be riding and they'd be like we'd be able to like hold hands or hold like a hula hoop so they would be able to like ride with me Mm. so they could like teach me like the movements and stuff and that um so that's what we did a lot of for the first few years and ever so often we still do that because like i'm learning like a new technique or something they'll do the dancing again uh it's kind of neat actually kind of reminds me of like you know those like think girl swimmers how they're like all synchronized it kind of reminds me of that so yeah it's kind of neat actually but yeah no tethering for snowboarding for me but you can do tethering for snowboarding but it does sound that like isn't... a graceful balancing act or like a it dance. Is. Yeah. 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 The only comparison I have is, is people skating with me, my, my brother or dad, and I'm holding onto them and they're skating backwards so that they can be, you know. Yeah. That's <laughs> similar to that. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's mm. similar to that. But yeah. We want to talk a bit about this because like, we don't even understand it. So I assume sighted people are like, how do you, you know, <laughs> snowboard with you can't see? But of course, we, yeah. want to, we want to leave some of this to your podcast. We want people to, if you're interested in all, at all in athletics, uh, athleticism, but for blind, um, blind people and, and the Paralympics and all of that, check out Shredding for Gold for sure, because you're going to talk a lot about all of this, yes. I'm sure, um, in, in the, on the coming episodes. And, for sure, um, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yes, definitely check out that the podcast and you can find it on the WYXD network. Um I also have the like the the website uh you can find it on the WYXD network. Um it's WYXD.com slash shredding 
dash for dash gold. Right. Sweet. We will put, definitely post that in the, yeah. in, the in the podcast notes. Right. Can find it. And and if it's okay for me to just to make one very quick mention, uh, oh, the yeah. podcast network is currently being supported by the people at Blueberry, which is a podcast Great hosting company. People at Blueberry. Cool. Amazing yeah. We, I'm just learning all this stuff too, because I, you know, as I said, we've just been up as a podcast about a year for Outlook, and you guys just started. I think it was early September your launch. I was on the Facebook launch yeah. that day. Yep. Um, and yeah, yeah, learning about all these networks, and we're on SoundCloud, but yeah, it's just interesting to hear. There's so many different ones and what to choose and what to go with, and uh, I just think it's yeah, it's really cool that you guys are starting that up. And how's that overall going for well for both of you so far? I mean, you're new to podcasting, I imagine, Emily. You haven't really done that before, so. Yeah. How are you finding that so far? And Max, how are you finding the the network going and, and working with Emily? It seems to be going well so far. Um, I feel like it gets a little bit easier each time I do a podcast. Um, I think um, I'm just, I'm starting to get more comfortable and confident while like recording the podcast and stuff. And I feel more like, I feel like I'm getting like settling down into the podcast a little bit more. So it's making it easier to like record and stuff. And, uh, and then working with Max has been amazing thus far. And they've been really good at Blueberry from the sounds of it. I haven't like spoken directly to the people at Blueberry, but from the sounds of everything, it seems to be, they seem to be doing well. So I'm pretty happy with how things are going so far. So, And how did you find Blueberry, Max? Like, yeah, I haven't heard of them either. So. Well, I found them because for a while I was not posting my audio because the process of submitting the audio to my hosting company at the time was very draining. And for so for a long time, I went with straight video. But then when I finally decided that I was through accepting that excuse for myself, I just started asking other people I knew who were visually impaired. And, uh, you know, my go-to guy for tech is Michael Babcock out in Oregon. And he told me to get in touch with the people at Blueberry because uh, their platform was very accessible. And he said, it's not just for the host uploading their audio. It's very accessible. He said, but it's also accessible for people when they go to listen to your episodes. So I checked with them and their tech support people were very, very great. They, uh, they scheduled an hour with me to walk me through getting set up to start with. And they're really good about answering any technical problems. I may have along the way. And uh, right now, their professional player, which is what we use for the network, is not totally accessible, but they are committed to making it accessible. And as I tell my friends online, none of the people who have created platforms for networks expect people using screen readers to be creating networks. So mm-hmm. I can't really complain. I'm very happy with 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 what they're doing with their their professional network player right now, I have a good relationship with the main technical support person Mike Dell, and we are working on a process for adding new podcasts, both homegrown internal podcasts like Emily's and external syndicated shows like you know hopefully like y'all's at some point. We're working on that process to make it uh, easier on me and make it where the shows get added to the network more quickly. So I'm learning a lot. I'm being reminded of patience quite often. I'm having to learn new things. And of course, I'm making connections with people who do stuff that I'm not great at. Uh, You know, Brian, you mentioned being there for our launch. You didn't mention that there was actually two launches. 
the first launch that <laughs> failed because Max doesn't know how to use Facebook Live, and the second launch that happened kind of in the middle of the first launch. So I saved the day. Yes, she saved the day. She put on her her superhero costume and saved the day for Hello. us. Yes, yes. So, and now she has committed to doing the launch parties for future hosts on the network. So. Yeah. As you were talking about earlier, Brian, we have to find people that are willing to do things and we have to be willing to accept yeah, that's their All about their networking help. is to, to build that group of people that you know who to go to when you need certain things yeah. or you want to help certain things and you know what, who has strengths in what areas and there's, there's so much to mm -hmm. that. So it's all about community building and networking and that happens in yeah. the podcast network, yeah. of course, and then also with Emily with her Paralympic mm -hmm. dreams and, and, yeah. uh, and working with so many coaches and, right. and all that kind yeah. of stuff, so... Yeah. Super and, excited to like help grow the network as well. So, and like yeah. provide as much support as I possibly can. So, and at this point, I think we're all, I think I'm personally ready to add another new show to the platform. So, I'm hopeful that we can find somebody else that has been thinking about having a show for a while, but has been worried or overwhelmed by everything it takes to get yourself online that will reach out to us at the website and uh, click the email that's right there on the homepage and get in touch with me so we can discuss having more podcasts. And like Br Brian mentioned earlier, uh, it isn't just people with disabilities. It can be able-bodied people who want to, to focus on issues surrounding the disabilities community. And it could even be organizations like nonprofit and uh, government agencies that want to draw attention to the work they're doing with people who have disabilities. So I'm hopeful we will uh, we'll get some inquiries from being on your show and that by the first of the year, we'll have a third show on the network. So I appreciate the opportunity to come on here and talk about the whole thing. That'd be great. And I, I may, we may know some people will maybe direct your way. But That would be amazing. Sweet. Well, for anyone who is just tuning in, you're listening to Outlook on Radio Western. We're speaking with Emily Trepanier and Max Will Ivy, part of the What's Your Excuse podcast network, wyexcuse.com, Emily's podcast, Shredding for Gold. If you're at all interested in the Paralympics, uh, because I know, Emily, the Paralympics doesn't always get, from what I've seen, it doesn't always get as, as much... Uh, it's always seen as something so sort of separate. It comes on after the Olympics. And, mm -hmm. and I, I think it's great that, you know, we know somebody who's, who, you know, we want to see that kind of stuff grow. So what have you, yeah. what, do you what do you think about that as we sort of end off? Um, yeah, the I know Paralympics just, this, just, just the happened. Su the yeah. summer, the summer Paralympics. Yeah. Right, summer, true. So yeah. it, you're, you're definitely right about how, like, it's always, like, seen after the Olympics. But I feel like it is growing and there's, like, momentum out there. Obviously, the pandemic sort of kind of sidelined it a little bit, if you may. But even still, I think there's still lots of momentum happening. Mm -hmm. um, there's lots of exciting things. Um, they did a lot more, like, um, they did a lot more coverage with the Paralympics this past summer. So that was pretty cool. And it was, like, you could, like, watch it more on the television. Whereas before, I remember, like, you had to go to like a certain website and watch it there. Whereas this summer, it almost seemed like they were broadcasting a lot more like the sports and stuff. It still wasn't like fully broadcasted, but it's better than what it was in like previous years. So there's definitely lots of momentum and there's definitely lots of room for growth. But it, it, I think it's an exciting time, to be honest. 
to be a future Paralympian or like to even to be a Paralympian because like there's a lot of like I actually recently heard of like a group that's like just formed because of the the whole summer Paralympics to help grow the help grow like the movement for the Paralympics if you will so that's pretty exciting too um I just started like researching about them and like learning a little bit more about them so uh, I think there's a lot of exciting things that are going to be happening um but yeah so I'm excited for it um I'm feeling very positive about things that are happening so I know these these things take time but I think like it's 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 getting there so that is great to Uh great to hear because I think with a lot of things coming out more into the forefront with with all of these movements and and um, mm-hmm. and all this stuff the last few years, I do think that there will be change. And and uh, yeah. even just to think about the, the times we're in, like listening to your podcast with your with your friend, Lindsay, from how you when you started. I know on that episode, Lindsay was talking about how when she started, like the technology was so different. And really, in, yeah. in, in all reality, that wasn't that long ago. The fact that it how wasn't things that have long changed, ago, so. but it's crazy how like times have changed and like how technology has grown so much over even like the last few years, how much it has grown. So. I never would have thought like I would have had my headsets now that I have that are just, you can just like stick them into a pocket of my helmet and away we go and it works really good. So that's pretty cool how like it's changed over the last few years. Uh, One of the things I noticed this last summer is the number of people on my Twitter feed who don't have a disability, but who were tweeting about, the results from the Summer Olympics almost oh, yeah. in real time. I thought that was very yeah. impressive. Yeah. And I also saw a bunch of people like tweeting about like the results from the Paralympics too, who didn't have disabilities either. And but they were like they were like tweeting the results and I saw a bunch of that on Instagram as well. Even like the the I think one of the Olympic teams that I follow was even like retweeting the results in the Paralympics, which I thought was really cool to see because well, That's, yeah, wh- what your show will show people if they do listen is that you work just as hard as any other athlete and there yeah. are adaptations that need to be made. Yeah. Hopefully people yeah. take it as, as seriously because it's just as it's just as wonderful. And of course, you're not a superhero. I, we like no. to say that about people with disabilities, but they aren't. Yeah. They, you work hard and you've trained for a long time and you, you yeah. train really hard and and yeah. that's going to get you your results and, and you're going to meet for your sure. goals. And, so. Definitely. Yeah. It's a very exciting time. So. Hopefully. Sweet. I think that's a you great place to end it. And yeah, we'll continue to listen to your your podcast, Shredding for Gold. Everyone look it up. I know it's on Apple Podcasts and it is. Google, I, I think, <laughs> as well. Um, but also on the What's Your Excuse Network, which also you must check out and continue to follow in the future. You can find that at wyexcuse.com. Thanks again to Emily and Max, well, for joining us today. Any final words? And uh, we'll... Uh, yeah, Emily, are you are you on Instagram and all social media as I am. I am on Instagram, I am on Facebook, I am on Twitter. And that's Team Starfish. Uh, yes, Team Starfish. Good job, you got it right. <laughs> oh yeah, last time I screwed it up. I said Steam Tarfish last episode. Team- <laughs> Mixed up my words in the studio live. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I'm pretty much uh Maxwell Ivy most places, but if they will go to theblindblogger.net they can find all my social media accounts there 
And one thing that we do hope to get straightened around for uh, for Emily in the future is the What's Your Excuse Show, which is my my podcast, and uh, I guess you'd call it the 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 flagship show of the network. Mm-hmm. You can also find it by telling Alexa or Google to just play What's Your Excuse because we have the invocation set up. Great. And I also had a website for Team Starfish, but that's under that's being yes. worked on as we speak. So. Yeah, I actually just checked Hopefully that out that'll be- before the show and it yeah. said it couldn't connect, so I wasn't going to plug it yeah. specifically today. But nope, yeah. no, not yet. <laughs> no, but it's in hopefully, the works. hopefully before this goes live, the website will be available and you can add it into the show notes. Yeah. The only places we can find you both, and it's I'm yeah. so happy you both met. I yeah. would have introduced yeah. you a long time ago if I'd known, but <laughs> you guys had to find <laughs> each other on your own. There you go. Awesome. Yeah. Great. Thanks, right. guys. Thanks, Thanks guys. so much. Thank you. I really appreciate it, y'all. Thank you. Send us an email, Outlook on Radio Western at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at OutlookCFB. And on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Outlook on Radio Western.